Welcome to We Hear Her. I'm Erin Trenbeth-Murray, and I'm here today with another amazing woman who is sharing her story and insights into life lessons learned. Hi there, I'm Erin Trenbeth-Murray with Women Who Succeed, and this is our We Hear Her podcast. I am so pleased today to get to speak with Nikki Walker, who everyone knows because she is everywhere and everyone asks her to be everywhere and to speak and to give insight and just such a knowledgeable leader in our community. So I'm thrilled to get to spend some time with her. So thanks for being here today, Nikki. Thank you so much for having me. I love this podcast. Oh, great. Well, I need to start by telling you a little bit about Nikki's background. There is no way that I could possibly cover all that she does, but I do want to share with you a little bit that she is the Director of Community Engagement of DEI with a team of professionals who work to elevate and amplify DOMO's mission and the values of DOMO in the workplace and in the community. She does so by creating diverse programs and initiates focus on diversity and inclusion, workplace equity and belonging, and community engagement. Nikki serves on about 2,000 boards. About, yes. Including Women Who Succeed, and in addition, focuses on creating creating employment pipelines and supporting student leadership programs that helps build and nurture a more diverse pool of qualified talent for the tech industry, which as we all know is so critical to our community and our state's economy. So Nikki, first of all, you just told me you're from New Jersey. That's right. Tell me about that. So you are, how long did you live there and what brought you here to Utah? Yeah, so I was born and raised in New Jersey. Uh, Jersey City, New Jersey, the most diverse city in the country. Oh, really? And five years ago, I moved to Lehigh, Utah. Okay. So. <laughs> you know, there you go. There's <laughs> there's a, a little different, a little different. Um, but I came here uh, for a job. It was the dream job, and um, I thought it was I thought it was a joke when they reached out to me on LinkedIn would you consider coming to Utah to do an interview? I'm going, what? So I came to Utah, did the interview, and it was a really great fit for me. Um, Stayed with that company for about two years and then moved into the tech industry. Wow, well, Sui Lang Pinoke, Mm -hmm. she would argue with you that she has the dream job. I think uh, I have the dream job. I think I have the dream but job. But you, now. okay, well, that's good. We should, as women, have what we want we and should. go after what we want. And you know, when we're doing good works and we're doing things that make an impact and a difference, it never really feels like work. It is the dream job. Right. Well, so coming from New Jersey, was there a family member that really had strong influence on your life? And what was something, some advice or something that you've held to as you've made this big transition to Utah? Oh, wow. That's like, no one has ever asked me that. That's a great question. <laughs> and I have an answer, actually. Um, so just before I moved here, my dad passed away. Oh, I'm sorry. He was my very best friend. And um, he has given me, had given me a lot of advice through the years. At one point, um, I had been an entrepreneur. I lived in Atlanta and my dad lived with me. Mm-hmm. And so when I was launching my PR agency back in like 2006, 2007, um, I remember trying to decide what I was gonna put on my business card. And people used to call me the fabulous Nikki Walker. And I'm sure they still do. <laughs> I do, I'm gonna call you that. And he insisted that I put that on my card, the fabulous Nikki Walker. He said, you have to be exactly who you are, and this is who you are. And that advice I have taken, and you know, and it has 
continue to uh, resonate with me and I continue to share that with people, stand in your power, be who you are. Um, so I brought that with me to Utah. When do you think you first kind of gained that sense of strength of owning yourself and owning your power? Like, how old do you think you were when that kind of really started coming to fruition? Or have you always been that girl? Yeah, I think I was young. Um, you know, I grew up in a single parent household. Uh -huh. I was the middle daughter of three daughters. Uh, and my oldest sister had a genetic disorder, a very rare mm -hmm. genetic disorder. So early in life, I had to take on a motherly role as my mom was working and I was taking care of both my older sister and younger sister. Um, and also trying to excel in academics because coming from you know, a background of poverty, the goal is always to get out of poverty and to never have to experience it again. Mm -hmm. And so I took that on as I took that banner and I said, I'm going to get my family out of here and we're going to um, we're going to be the people who break the generational curses. Right. Mm -hmm. So having that kind of mindset forces you into a place of stand in your power, because when you are from a disadvantaged background, Nobody really wants to hear what you have to say. You have to amplify your own voice and you have to find allies who will help you to amplify your voice. And I think that's what I was really successful in doing early in my life, finding mentors, mm -hmm. um, which you know are yeah. critical um, to growth and development uh, for, for young women. And, and so, you know, that mindset has always been with me. So first of all, I had no idea that you grew up in poverty and disadvantaged background. And so that even, more so the tenacity and the courage to push and break through. That's my background was working for about 25 years with families in poverty. And wow. so I really admire that because it's, it is no easy task for sure. It's, it's um, really extremely complicated. Do you think, um, if you were to look back at your high school years, you know that in Women Who Succeed, we serve a lot of juniors and senior young women. And then of course, going into college, what advice would you give maybe a 16, 17, 18 year old young woman about finding those mentors, finding that power, finding that tenacity to push through? Yeah, you know, I would say, imagine your future self. Mm. Decide who you want your future self to be and then forge a path forward. Once you make a decision on who you are or who you wanna be, even if it's not solid, even if it's, I think I want to be when I grow up, you have now given yourself an opportunity to plot out a path. So think about your future self, see her, know who she is and work toward being her. You've had so many opportunities to speak around the country and the state, maybe internationally, I'm not sure, I wouldn't doubt it. Not yet, but I'm on my I way. I can see that. <laughs> well, this is Paris, France. We need the fabulous Nikki Walker to come. Um, and you have a really interesting gig tonight. Mm -hmm. share, share with us what you're doing tonight. So tonight I will be the MC for the congressional debate between Burgess Owens and Darlene McDonald, um, which is gonna be really interesting. I am plotting out my next life and in my next life politics is a big part of it. And so this opportunity that came up is, is really exciting for me. I'm hoping that um, my involvement will excite people and have more um, black and brown citizens really go out to the polls. Uh, you know, it is so incredibly important to vote. 
doesn't matter how you vote. It does matter how you vote. But it matters that you, you vote. vote. It matters that you vote. It is a, our responsibility as citizens um, to vote and to make our voices heard. And I think there are so many people who are afraid of the process or don't believe in the process. And it is what this country is built on. And, and we need to believe in the process for it to work. I love how you said it's um, our responsibility. I also believe it's our privilege. Absolutely. Privilege to get to vote. And just even, you know, the ballots just came out and I was helping my 19 year old son. And what for he has, um, unfortunately, maybe his mother's influence too much over the years. But, <laughs> but there were certainly candidates that he was not aware of. So mm -hmm. we just pulled them both up. You know, he hadn't been to debates. He's 19. He's right. in college. He's busy. But he understood how important and how strongly I feel, too, about exercising that right to vote. And I hope young women can really engage um, and become more, especially, like you said, black and brown women and young men yes. in the in the process. And it's a simple, you can pull it up online, you can look at their positions and make your best educated decision. If you don't know them in depth, don't let that hold you back from, from voting. That's right. Do the best you can. That's right. So that excites me that you have some interest in politics. <laughs> and um, why, I, you know, I believe, I could be wrong, but I believe we have 11 legislators mm -hmm. in Utah. I believe we have, we have never had a female in Congress or U.S. Senate. What do you think we need to do as a community to fully embrace the belief and understanding that diverse perspective is good for our community. And that includes politics. And yeah. how do we move our community to that, that, uh, that shift of embracing that, a diverse perspective? I think education is the number one, um, you know, is the number one driver for people becoming engaged. Mm -hmm. And so I think it, you know, there are organizations here that are working on the women's vote and making sure that women are involved in the process. Um, but there's no better way than than face-to-face -face interaction with people. Mm -hmm. So I think the more of us who are aware and who are passionate about getting out the vote actually take the time to have face-to-face -face interaction with others. It's so impactful. Um, when you are able to motivate someone to get to know a politician or motivate someone to get to know what the, um, you know, what the uh, issues are. And when people understand what the issues are, then they want to get involved. And I, I think, you know, I also think that people don't realize how easy it is um, to be in touch with your legislators. Their phone numbers are listed. You can invite them out to lunch. You can ask them what their platform is. Mm -hmm. It is their job to be among the people. And so rather than being fearful of the process, people need to lean in yeah. and really get involved. And so I think it's that education piece. When people understand that these folks are available to them, um, it becomes less intimidating. Yeah, they're just people. They're, they're our neighbors. Right. <laughs> they're our neighbors. They chose to run, um, and they expect and appreciate, I think, like you said, when folks are engaged and lean in. It's our responsibility to lean in just as much. We, I think that sometimes I'm guilty of being critical of politicians, mm -hmm. but it's also um, my responsibility, and I'd be critical of myself for not being more informed or lean in or right. ask questions. And where perspective is concerned, the reality of the situation is a white, straight man 
does not have the same perspective that I do. Mm -hmm. And I can't expect him to know my perspective unless I share it with him. So therein lies that responsibility of saying, why do we need other voices mm -hmm. on the Hill? We do because we need everybody's perspective. But until that time comes, it's our responsibility to share perspectives with those people who are currently in power. So brilliant. You're gonna be in the governor's <laughs> office before you know it. We're gonna blink and fabulous Nikki Walker <laughs> on the governor's plaque. So in our the last few minutes of our interview, I really just wanna open it to you and really know from Nikki, what message would you like young women and women of Utah to be aware of as they're moving and advancing forward um, our work with our communities, with our businesses, with our families. Mm -hmm. Do you have any personal advice you'd like to share with us? I do, and it is don't shrink. Mm -hmm. Don't shrink, be big, be loud, be intentional, be all of the things that society says you're not supposed to be. Society wants women to be quiet and sit down and be pretty and be polite. And where we are in this world right now, that's not gonna cut it. There are young women who are looking up to us and we need to set an example for them. And that example is to be brave and be bold and be brilliant because you are. Oh, yes, love it. <laughs> Couldn't say it any better. I am so grateful that Nikki Walker was able to spend time with us today. The fabulous Nikki Walker. And it's going to catch now. It's it gonna is going to catch because this podcast is going to go crazy. But we appreciate you being with us today and tune again for the We Hear Her podcast with women who succeed. Thank you, Nikki. Thank you, Erin. Thank you for taking the time to hear her. Join our efforts and learn more about women who succeed at womenwhosucceed.org. A big thank you to our sponsor, the Clark and Christine Ivory Foundation.